Hey everybody, welcome to this training called Committed to Worship. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm the campus pastor at Relevant Riverside, and we're just making this training available to you and required by our worship team as we move forward in what it means to commit to worship as we go into 2021. Um, I want this to be able to be available uh, to other campuses as well if they find it useful. So hey, if any of you other relevant campuses are listening to this, we actually had our very first worship team-ish, all team-ish meeting last night uh, for the first time in a while post-pandemic. And some of y'all might be ahead of the game on us in that degree, but I wanted to be able to lay down some of the groundwork that we're looking at going forward for worship. And what does it look like to commit to being a worship leader at Relevant. And even if you are just basically the person being scheduled to play the saxophone, which I don't think we have anybody scheduled to play the saxophone across campuses, but even if you are just being scheduled on an instrument, if you are being scheduled on your personal instrument as your voice, and you don't lead worship necessarily as the person who says, um, hallelujah, thank you Jesus into the microphone, you are still a worship leader. You are still on a platformed position. And by platform, I don't mean to be like, oh, it's Beyonce or anything, but you are in the public eye and there's a certain image that goes around that. So you are very much leading people into worship very visibly. And we want to talk about what that commitment looks like, especially post-pandemic, especially going into the year 2021, when some people really haven't necessarily been worshiping for maybe even a year or more. It could actually be somebody still first time in a church. And so we have to be clear, even if we've been worshiping for either a while or for a minute, that we're all on the same page about what that commitment looks like. So last night we met with most of our team and we laid out some of the groundwork of what relevant worship looks like. So right now, just to give you a little bit of um, framework on the church as well, because we did talk about this. Relevant is split up. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. That makes it sound like the church split up. I did this last night too. Oops. The church team-wise is split up, but unified, just like just like our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, into three different areas of ministry. We have gather around Christ, uh, grow in community, and go to the culture. And so with gather around Christ, we look at that as our lead pastors, organization-wise, as our lead pastor, Pastor Jonathan and Pauline Belima, who oversee the vision of the church and what it looks like overall for us to gather around Christ. Um, Underneath that, we also have our executive pastor, Pastor Muta, in relevant Niles. He's the lead pastor there, but he also serves our executive as our executive pastor here at Relevant Riverside. Um, so he just helps us in all of the things. I love our pastor Muta. Um, and then we are split into two other the two remaining categories. If you're following along, we have relevant grow, which consists of all the teams that are about growing in community. Then we have Relevant Go, which is all about uh, going to the culture. So in Relevant Grow, can you take a guess at what teams fall under that? Uh, Yes, if you're listening to this, worship team falls under Relevant Grow. It's kind of an interesting area where we don't always have 
that direct sort of regroup contact with people, but we are helping people grow spiritually and grow in community. That worship is not just individual, it is communal, it is corporate. If you want to use that wonderful churchy word, churchy word is corporate worship is something that we do together. So we're growing community. We have worship. Other examples of grow are relevant kids, youth, um, group life, regroups, and uh, production underneath hand in hand with worship kind of goes in that as well. So on the go side, we have more missional things and more operational things, such as missions work, anything that the church does for the city. We have um, communication, social media, all of the people that help keep us grow teams organized. (laughs) So we're so thankful for them in that way. But we want to talk a little bit about what it means just on our end of how we're organized in worship going forward. Um, Because no matter what has happened with our worship teams over the last year, we want to be on the same page going forward that some things might have changed, some things might have shifted, and some things do stay the same. And that's up to you, depending how long you've been with us, of what that looks like. But let me just say, at least the way things are now and the way they're going forward. I'm fairly new to Relevant Church. I was brought onto staff Um, at the end of summer last year. And so actually this organizational structure that I'm presenting is the only one I actually know (laughs) with Relevant. So if you have any questions, feel free also to email me. My email is Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H dot Johnson at Relevant316.com and I can get you these notes as well. So let's just hop into it. Uh, We've gone over what is the organization of a relevant church looks like, and you might be like, why is that relevant? Because the way that we're organized is actually a piece of what we're going to be talking about today with worship. Um, As far as when you say yes to relevant worship, you are saying yes to a piece of a bigger body, a bigger thing that God is doing, a bigger church, really. And I'm going to go over the small pieces of of the ways you can get involved in the future here at Relevant. So, I would refer you to, if you are on our relevant worship team, uh, to getting some notes for me where you're actually going to see a square split up into four separate little squares. If you remember as a kid, I don't know, I might be aging myself a little bit. We used to play four square on the playground. So if you can imagine four squares um, all next to each other, all interconnected, we have this um, cornerstones of servant leadership at relevant. And everybody who serves at relevant, a goal of mine for our grow teams is that if you're serving in any ministry at any capacity, even if you're the person that is passing out water (laughs) on a Sunday, you have a role description. Even if it just says, I pass out water and I'm committed to doing this well and with excellence. I want you to know what the expectations are. And so these are what the expectations are for our worship team. So at the bottom right-hand corner of our cornerstones of leadership, we have our servant leads, servant leads. So a servant lead in terms of worship is the person that is simply getting scheduled to play or to sing during a relevant worship service. And they are still very much a leader from the get-go. If we look at their job description, the very first thing that says number one is that for them, when um, ways that they know that they're winning, 
when worship is being led and inspired by God and not performance. So out of the gate, because this is a platform position, um, this is not something to be taken lightly. This is not our moment to be Kelly Clarkson or to be, um, I don't know why I said Kelly Clarkson specifically. <laughs> um, this is not our moment to be Kelly Clarkson. It's not our moment to be uh, Chris Tomlin. Let's get a little bit more churchy here. It's not our moment to be Fred Hammond, depending uh, you know what church background you came from. I'm going to try really hard that you guys can't tell what church background I came from based off of this. But it is not our time to shine. It is very much still that we are leading out of a place of worship. And the number one thing that's asked of a servant lead under their what will I definitely do in their role description is, I will be consistent in my own spiritual growth through the word, prayer, and worship. I don't want anybody behind a microphone that is coming up there spiritually dry. I will admit that it still probably will happen at times. It happens for preachers. It happens for singers. It happens for people playing. But I want that to be a rarity and not the regular. So when we talk about servant leads, there are one, two, three, four, five different things that we're looking for for people who go into that position just to get behind a microphone, just to come to really rehearsals maybe initially. And the first thing is that they're prompt. I know that I'm really bold coming out of the gate saying this to, um, I know this is really stereotypical and I'm sorry, but coming to a bunch of musicians and vocalists, et cetera, music people, and saying the first thing that we need is being prompt. Who man, I'm like, oh, I just lost everybody, right? I hope not. I hope not. So listen, y'all, for the venue that we're currently at for Relevant Riverside, we only have a certain amount of time to set things up. We can get in the building at 7, and we have to be out by 1230 with two services in between. Somebody being late and being able to set up their instrument, to set up um, to warm up their voices. Every minute counts. And beyond that, we honor God with our time here at Relevant. Um, the description of being prompt is we, uh, we know and understand the importance of time management and how everyone's commitment to serving when scheduled can, af- can affect the whole operation of the whole body of the church at a given event. It sounds serious, but it is. One person not showing up on time can hold back our area and other areas of ministry from not working well and properly. Therefore, we honor our church family with our time by showing up on time. Listen, especially if you're a professional musician, a lot of people, you know, if you don't show up to a gig on time, you don't get to be rebooked. And we're going to have the same level of importance at relevant church as well. So we need servant leaders who are prompt. And we need people who, number two, that they are teachable. Means that nobody, no matter what level of musicianship you're at, nobody is beyond learning something new. We recognize that we don't know everything and that we're diligent to listen to those around us so that way we can always do better. We're never perfect. We can always do better. We need to have a genuine desire to learn more about Jesus, to learn more about using our gift and our skill so that we can keep serving others better because it's not about us. When we say that we're not teachable for anything, it's saying, oh, we're good. We don't have any, any more to grow. 
and we're the grow team. And so that's just really not acceptable. So in that, we also ask questions when we are unsure. We ask questions um, because Jesus asked us to follow others in discipleship. And therefore, we're always the ones looking for ways to improve and to learn and to elevate how we serve others. We're never just satisfied with what we're doing. So servant leaders prompt, they're teachable, they're also humble, which we all know is super important for somebody serving in a platform position um, because it's not about us or the need to be seen. We are not clicky people. We are not better than anybody else. People should not be looking at the worship team and being like, ooh, I can't talk to them. Those are the celebrities of the church. Some people might always think that because they just can't get over the fact that the person behind the microphone is the person behind the microphone. But we don't want them to feel that way. We want to be humble. Um, Therefore, also, no work is beneath us. And everyone is worthy of our time, our attention, and our genuine welcome home smile. We were all once the prodigal that God welcomed home. Therefore, we serve not to bring attention to ourselves, but to the people we are serving and ultimately to our God. So servant lead is prompt. They're teachable. They're humble. They're also available that we understand, especially for um, our professional musicians, that they only have a certain amount of availability. Yet, we don't want to have to be chasing people to figure out what their availability is. We want people that are committed. So even if you do have a limited availability, as long as it's somebody who is communicating what that availability is, and ideally so that way we can plan for rehearsals and for projects that we're producing online, that we're communicating that availability so that way a schedule can go out a month in advance. Even if you're not available for that month, that it is still known by the leader that I'm not available for that month, but here's where I'm available next month. We're not going to be chasing people for that because we understand that we can't serve if our schedules don't allow us to. And sometimes our schedules don't allow us to. But we know and understand that God has called us not only to worship, but to make our hands and feet available to commit to the work of the gospel. So if worship team is important to you, if this is a calling, if this is a gift, if this is an area that God has called us to, the question is, are we going to commit our time to it? So we're not stingy with our time, but rather we make time in our schedules to serve God and his church, and we communicate our availability openly with our leaders, and we respond to service requests. We don't make people wait for it. Again, we want to be able to confirm for the whole month and saying, yes, I've committed my time to this. And the last one for servant lead. So this is just for a basic um, entry level. I'm just here to worship. I'm just here to offer my voice for a Sunday or for a given event. It, this person needs to be flexible. And I feel like as musicians, as vocalists, you have to learn how to be flexible for anything in the music world. But especially we need to know that change, and for us, particularly at our campus where we don't have a campus, we're renting out a current place, um, change is a necessary part of growth and being able just to be able to worship on a Sunday as well. We understand that for growth to occur, that things can't stay the same, and therefore being flexible means that we have compassion for the times when unforeseen circumstances arise versus toxic language on blaming leadership or someone else. I added that um, based off of what I'm reading, but, you know, it just came. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so when changes and circumstances arise, we respond accordingly. 
We respond flexibly. We become like Gumby. For those of you that, um, now I feel like I really am aging myself, the, the green gooey guy. We become like Gumby. We stretch everything out and we're willing to leave behind previous traditions, how we did things pre-COVID, our previous understanding or general ways of doing something to try something new and to embrace what God is doing here and now. And so all of that is just a servant lead. And when I say just, um, I mean that there are more areas to grow in leadership as well. And so this is the entry level first person who says, you know what, I want to serve on worship team. These are the requirements that are asked of them. Now, if we go back and consider our diagram of the four cornerstones, the four squares that we're imagining, the servant lead fills up that bottom right-hand corner. The next corner to the left on the bottom are our team leads. And this is across all of our grow teams, all of our go teams as well for relevant. And for worship, um, the role description for these guys are going to be, these guys and gals, because I'm a gal, um, are our worship experience team leads. So these are the people who are not only just scheduled to serve on a Sunday to lend their voice or their instrument to the worship experience, they're actually the ones who are in charge of leading a particular Sunday. They're the ones who have the ability to run a rehearsal with the band, with the vocalist on a Sunday or an event as well. It could be um, a worship experience somewhere else. Um, but they're the ones who run the rehearsal. They confirm the cues with whoever is on for production that day as far as when they need to be on or off stage. They're the ones making sure that everybody is unified in sound and in spirit. They can pray over their team. Um, to make sure not only that it sounds good, but um, the sound that's coming from the heart is right. So they are the ones that can lead both their team and the congregation in worship, asking them to raise their hands, leading the church through a worship experience. And they still have to be, as a servant lead is, prompt, teachable, humble, available, and flexible. But as they're going up in leadership also, the things that defines them as team leads is, number one, they are recurring givers. So they are further along um, in their servant journey that they understand that not only their time is important, but as well as their finances. And they're actually recurring givers um, because they understand the biblical call to giving. And because of this, they're registered for recurring giving online, um, and they know that it allows us to stay on mission, to boldly declare that Jesus is relevant, loving across boundaries, and making not just um, a spiritual contribution with our time, but a tangible difference in our community, region, and world. They understand how their financial gift affects not just worship, but the church and the mission as a whole. So they are givers. Um, number two, they are thermostats. So they're passionate about creating fun, warm, and inviting atmospheres. And because of this, they don't allow external influences to affect their attitude. They are thermostats and not thermometers. So thermometers is that little thing that you stick in water or you stick outside and it measures, hey, this is what the temperature is. It's really hot or it's really cold but they are thermostats. Worship experience team leads say, wow, you know what? It feels kind of cold in here right now. There's not a lot of energy in the room. Um, or maybe there is a lot of energy in the room, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it's coming from Jesus. It is all just 
hype for the sake of hype. They're the ones who can either say, you know what, let's raise the temperature a little bit. Can everyone please just raise their hands? Or even if it's just among the team, they might be the ones to say, ah, the team just doesn't seem very open right now. Let me pose a question to them. Team, let's pray together. And let me ask you, how is God at work in your life? Where do you see God at work? Give me a word that describes how good he is to you. They're the ones that start to do small things that raise the temperature in their team and in the church as a whole as they ask them to raise their hands or to begin saying how good God is or how awesome he is. They're the ones who recognize, oh, wow, there's a lot of hype in this room, but I need to prepare everybody's heart for the word that is about to come of, hey, God is so good, but at this time, can we just take a moment to reflect on that, to pause, to meditate on it? And I want you to hear the words of the song that I'm going to sing of Waymaker, Miracle Worker, and I want you to think of that thing that you sometimes it's hard to believe in. It's hard to believe that God is going to move here. It's hard to see him. They do the things that set the temperature just where God wants it to be, setting the temperature of our hearts, our attitudes, um, our our voices even. So they are the ones um, that guard that temperature and understand where it needs to be. So they're givers, they're thermostats. They're also engaging that they are not divas, (laughs) but with every single person that they meet, they recognize that they're meeting somebody who is made in the image of God and they choose to engage with them. Every single person matters to God and therefore every single person must matter to us. We engage in a way that is personal and prompt to meet people in their next steps, to build relationships and to see lives transformed. And that can't happen if the temperature is cold. The temperature's got to be warm and engaging. The next one, similar to teachable, this is another step up, is that they have to be coachable. We are committed, these leaders, to moving the mission forward in the best way possible. Therefore, they openly receive constructive criticism and make positive changes accordingly. So they don't just learn the lesson and hear it once, but they start to apply it. A coach wants to see that you are taking from the lessons you've learned and doing something with it. So being coachable is a trait of great leaders, and we continue to remain coachable throughout our time. Very similar to being teachable that um, we want things to be better. We want to be good at our craft. We want to be good at the act of leading people in worship. And that takes time, and it's so beneficial when you have great words from a great coach as well. And the last one, they are givers, thermostats, engaging, coachable. They are reproducers. So we are passionate about bringing in, building up, and training to send out new servants. We are committed to building our teams in a way that allows for growth. And so um, a worship experience team lead, they will lead systems and processes that enable us to build relationships and see lives transformed. I was reading that off of a paper, but let me tell you a little bit about what that looks like. So a worship experience team lead, they look at the people who are serving underneath them for a Sunday or throughout their time uh, on the worship team, and they don't just see them as staying where they are. A reproducer says, I want to disciple somebody to do what I'm doing. So they want to be the ones who help lead our servant leads 
who don't just see them as, you know, somebody who's scheduled, but see the gifts that they have and say, hey, you know what, I'm leading worship this Sunday, but can I hear you try this solo? Can I hear you sing this part? You start to bring out the gifts of others. Um, You say, can you play that this way? Uh, So that way they start to see themselves of, oh, maybe I can do what you can do. So they are on the lookout for disciples to bring alongside them and to raise up into their position. That discipleship is about multiplication. If it's just you always teaching somebody, um, that's what Jesus, um, only God can do that is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) But he still does it so that way we become like him. So that way we can reproduce for others. And so that is discipleship without going too deep into things. But they are reproducers. So to go over all of that, team leads, they are givers, thermostats, engaging, coachable, and reproducers. So looking at our cornerstone diagram, we have servant leads that fill the bottom right-hand corner, which leads into team leads filling the bottom left. In the top right, we have our coordinators. And they coordinate. (laughs) Um, When it comes to worship, they don't necessarily have to be able to or have to lead a worship experience on a Sunday like our uh, team leads do. However, they still have to have all the characteristics of being prompt, teachable, humble, available, flexible, givers, thermostats, engaging, coachable, reproducers, along with the uh, characteristics that we're going to list here. Um, how this plays out in worship team, our coordinators are going to be the ones that set up rehearsal times, locations, make sure that is well communicated. They're going to be the ones that make sure things get scheduled. They're also going to be spiritual prayer warriors for the team, that they don't just schedule things. It's not just about organization, but they can basically say, you know what, is the team growing spiritually? Both individuals within the team and the team as a whole, they champion that. Um, They are able to hear like, ooh, the band was off this week, or ooh, the vocalists, they did not take what was in rehearsal and bring it uh, to the platform on Sunday. (laughs) Or um, if you're trying to guess my church background, I'd be like, bring it to the altar on Sunday. So they can recognize things musically, even if they are not the ones who are going to be leading the worship experience every single week. They are more looking at the systems of worship team, how they work together, and making sure things aren't missed, making sure things are unified, not just in the way things sound, but in the way things work behind the scenes to make things sound good as a wonderful and glorious praise unto the Lord our God. And so their characteristics are this. Um, They are going to lead the way in tithing. So very similar to giving, um, but they are consistent. They are faithful. Um, They understand God's command for people to tithe. And so they're also in, they are also signed up for occurring giving, knowing that it allows us to stay on mission. They are also mobilizers. So mobilizers are all about systems. So they think strategically and effectively when utilizing people serving on our team. Everything from where they stand to who is booked for a given Sunday based off of 
um, their ability to sing soprano or alto, um, based on their ability to hold a harmony or not, based on how they work well or not so well with different people on the team. They think strategically about the people as well as being able to grow them in their gifting of saying, hey, we need to give them a solo so that way we can see what they can do with it, how they own it, so we can train them in this way. They don't just see people as they are. Again, they still have... Um, they still have the characteristic of a team lead where they're reproducers. And so they're thinking strategically of how can I keep bringing people up? How can I keep them growing? So they are passionate about creating and leveraging strong systems within our team. They utilize people according to their gifts and calling to ensure the optimum health for our teams and for our systems. They're also very attentive, which is the next one. They're tithing, they are mobilizers, and they are attentive. So they see more and they see before. So they are very observant of everything going on around them. And based off of that, they can also see, ooh, shoot, a very basic thing. This might not be the most attentive thing. I feel like anybody could see this. But if we don't rehearse, shoot, we're not going to sound good every Sunday and it's going to keep getting worse. If we don't rehearse, we're going to keep getting worse. You can go ahead and quote me on that. Um, <laughs> so they can see problems happen, um, the, the potential for them of, oh no, if setup is taking a long time, shoot, I see before that this could be a problem. Let me take all the vocalists out so that way they can rehearse or get our team lead to say, hey, can you make sure that they rehearse before because setup is taking forever today? Um, they can see that, oh shoot, for a particular event, I'm thinking of this upcoming Mother's Day. We have a lot of mothers on, on our team. So maybe I'm going to give the heads up to a lot of our single gals or those who don't have kids be like, hey, I want to be able to give our mothers a day off on that Sunday if they want it. Would you be able to have this in your schedule ahead of time? So they see before, they're thinking ahead of the calendar, they're thinking ahead in the worship team to be able to make necessary changes and adjustments. They're attentive to detail and they take swift action. Everybody say swift, 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 Taylor Swift action to ensure that we move forward in a way that aligns to our mission and vision. We ensure that environments are inviting and that people are healthy and the culture is lived out. They're going to recognize if the worship team is kind of cold for the day. They're going to recognize if the team lead seems kind of off and be able to pull them to the side and say, how can I pray for you? They're going to be the ones that help set everything in order to um, protect the culture and for the mission at hand any given Sunday. The next one, similar to a team lead being engaging, they are relational. They know that every single person matters on their team. So they engage in a way that is personal and prompt in order to ensure the success of each team member individually and our team as a whole. They're checking in on them spiritually. They're checking in on how are things at home? How is what's going on at home? How is that affecting your life with Jesus? How is it affecting the way that you worship? They understand that systems and processes, um, that they enable us not only to build a healthy organization, but build healthy relationships and see lives transformed. They make time in their schedule to check in on people on the worship team whether it's a quick text or a long phone call, or whether it's a retreat, they might schedule it. They are the ones that are championing the relationships between them and the leaders, as well as 
every leader together of how uh, we relate to each other as a worship team. And that affects how we sound and how we sing um, and how we lead the congregation in worship as well. And the last one is that they lead by example. So we know that leaders live in a glass house. Therefore, our coordinators, they live a lives in a manner pleasing to God. They assume responsibility to ensure healthy practices are effectively integrated into their lives, keeping the relevant culture consistent in not just on platform, but day-to-day life. They boldly declare Jesus is relevant. They love across boundaries and strive to make a tangible difference in our community, region, and world. They live by example, so much so that a coordinator should be able to see, I should be able to say, even if they don't say it, worship as I worship. Watch me as an example. Watch me how I do this. They need to be able to boldly say that of, um, I am discipling you so you can confidently watch my life. Not that it's going to be perfect, but I'm actively trying to live a life where Jesus is relevant. I'm actively trying to show you what it looks like to lead a congregation. And I want you to even become like me as well. So they lead by example. And that's what our relevant coordinators look like. I don't remember now as I've been gabbing away, but we would like to be able to have, um, if not a coordinator over the whole team, we would like to at least have a coordinator that helps with the band, um, a coordinator that's committed to the vocalist and a coordinator that is committed to online production for uh, worship music videos as well as maybe live streamed worship. And if that is three people or two people instead of one, they have to be working as one together, that there's no um, obvious division between vocalists and band or online production, but they work unified like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Trinity level um, (laughs) coordination. So with that, those are our worship team coordinators. All right, are you ready for the last quadrant? The last quadrant, top left. We've gone through servant leads, team leads, coordinators, and now we're going over directors, staff, pastors. And we are currently looking for somebody to fill this position. So we currently have an interim worship coordinator um, who has been doing a great job. That is um, our own Dr. Matt. Um, (laughs) but we are actually also looking for somebody to be a director over our entire worship team. So let me go over the couple of things that a director has to have in addition to everything that we have just gone over. So ideally, unlike the coordinators, I would love that our director can and does regularly lead worship. So they can function in the role of a worship experience team lead. Um, But with that, I would also like that they are raising up people into that position as well. Um, That they are not the only ones, whether they're giving certain songs or an entire Sunday to a particular person, um, that they are raising people to do that as well. So with that, directors, number one, they are generous givers. So they live out the biblical principle of tithing, but they also understand that tithing is just the beginning. And they strategically look for opportunities to be used by God to sow generously into God's mission and vision for our house. So they go above and beyond in that. So they're generous givers. They're also visionaries. 
So there's the proverb that where there is no vision, the people perish or cast off restraint. And they understand that our role is not just to complete a task, but to empower a people to embody a vision. So they join with our lead pastors by first embodying their vision, which they get from God, and then casting that vision to our teams in a way that inspires them for the mission. They're the ones who say, look, guys, it's not just about doing. It's not just about producing good music. It is not just about um, the simple act of, yes, we got through another Sunday. They are giving us tools, words, mission, encouragement, um, perhaps trainings, retreats. They are the ones who are doing whatever it takes that the worship team's hearts are captured um, by what God is saying to our lead pastors. Perhaps, um, for example, let's just say Pastor Jonathan were to say, you know what, for the next month, I want us to focus on coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you. Uh, for some reason, as much as I love Pastor Jonathan, I don't see him um, <laughs> quoting Matt Redman like that. But, but let's just pretend that any pastor, they were to say, you know what, I want to focus on worship for this month. I want to focus coming back to the heart of it, what it looks like. A vision pastor would hear that and say, hey, this is where we're going. Can we pick songs that are... Um, that are in line with this mission? Can we do devotionals that are in line with this mission? Can we meditate on this scripture? Can we pray in this way? So they cast vision. Um, they give us reason to come around that vision as we minister to others. Um, the next is that they are proactive. So they are pioneers, not settlers. And this is important because a lot of times people think that directors need to understand every single little detail um, that goes into ministry, whatever area it is. And I will say that a director, they might not understand what chord needs to go into what instrument. Uh, they might not understand the tiniest small details of what is needed technologically. Or sometimes, I would dare say, even musically. I, I would hope that they are very musically capable for this role. But they don't need to understand every detail because they are pioneers, not settlers. Um, they're the first to see opportunities and threats because they are constantly looking out for them. <clears throat> Their heads are not in the weeds, but in the trees. While those details are important, a lot of that is gonna be more on the coordinator level role. A director is looking at the bigger picture of worship team. Um, they are looking for, as I said before, opportunities for us to serve better or to serve more or to serve somewhere maybe that we haven't before out in the community. They're also looking for threats of, wow, is the worship team tired right now? Um, is the worship team growing right now? Do we need to have auditions to bring more people on team? Um, they're looking for how to grow the health of our team. They're looking for threats to protect us, to make sure that we are ministering in a healthy way. They're looking to see, are my coordinators and team leads, are they tired? What are their spirits like? Um, how do things look overall on a Sunday? How do things look overall in the calendar of what our song catalog looks like? They're looking for opportunities and they're looking for threats to make sure that we are well protected as a worship team so that way we can minister in the healthiest way possible. Um, they're in being proactive, they're not afraid to fail. They might try something new for the sake of trying something new. 
and praying that our team as a servant lead is at the most basic level that they're flexible. They're going to try things for the health of the team and they're never comfortable with what is and they're energized about what could be. So they're always looking for our growth. Um, The next one behind generous givers, visionaries, proactive, they are culture carriers. So without a vision, the people perish and without the right culture and organization will perish. Culture is set by these leaders, lived out by the team and it's experienced by our guests, by our congregation. As culture carriers, our role is to guard and model the culture of the house. So everything that we have gone over in this training, they carry that with them to heart and into practice. And they understand that it is completely necessary with each and every person that they engage with. And you should be able to follow them as well as they do this. Um, And the last one is that they are organized. So as much as we're building a church, more than that, we are building a people. However, let it be known that leaders are not leading unless someone else is following. And that requires some organization. So people are inspired by a big vision, mobilized by an actionable strategy, and energized by clear goals. Being organized is not just a goal, it is our lifestyle. And so that's a goal as a director, and they seek for organization to be on all of the different levels as well. So those are the four cornerstones of commitment with Relevant Church for all teams of servant leads, team leads, coordinators. Um, Directors could be director, staff, or pastor. Um, Anybody that carries the title pastor um, is required to have all of the things Um, as well as director or somebody serving on paid staff. So with that, for wherever you are, my dear friend that is listening, um, when it comes to relevant worship, my question for you is what are you committed to? And when it comes to relevant worship, the only way that we're going to grow, the only way that you are going to see things happen the way that you want to see them in worship team where things are good and great maybe back to the way that they were before pandemic or maybe not maybe just something that's healthier um taking from maybe things don't look the way they did in the past in fact they won't um but maybe they're going to be even better you get what you're committed to um i i told this to the team last night that, you know, if we had all the money in the world, we could just, you know, hire professional vocalists and musicians for every single position. But the truth is that in order for this team to grow and be healthy and to be the thing that God wants it to be beyond just sounding good, all of these things that we've gone through, the cornerstones are necessary. And we will get what we commit to. So this whole cornerstone system, even at the director level, there are certain things that likely might be ouch of like, oh shoot, am I typically on time for things? Even um, that's a requirement just for servant leads. Um, Am I relational? That might be an area that I need to grow in. And so I do want to ask you, you know, what are you committed to? But also, where is this hitting right now? And my hope and my prayer would be that everything I've gone through um, in this little mini training, it wouldn't be a deterrent for you from serving. 
but it would be a motivation to grow into where you know God has called you to go. And this is more, yes, it's expectations, but I like to think of it more as a roadmap for you to grow in your calling, um, to grow in the ministry area that God is grooming you for. And with that, I'm going to let you know that all of everything that I've gone through now um, is reflected in the role descriptions that are going to be posted um, to a certain area of relevant worship within our systems. If you are on our worship team, I will let you know where that is. Um, and if you have any other questions regarding that, you can email me again at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H dot Johnson at relevant316.com. Um, other necessary details that you need to know if you are listening to this training. Um, a couple notes I shared with our team. Um, these are just some things I prayed about as well as I have one note from Pastor Jonathan below. Is that whenever you are ministering, whenever you are serving, leading, anybody who serves on worship team is a leader. Whatever song you are ministering, you are basically preaching a sermon that has already been written for you. So know that song, know that sermon, know it well and tell it well. Please don't ever take a song for granted that you are ministering. Um, Relevant worship was one of the things that kept my husband and I coming to Relevant. I would end up crying for whatever spiritual Holy Spirit reason every time that the team ministered. And there was a piece of me that said, I cannot be late to church because I don't want to miss the worship because that is the highlight of my time at Relevant because there was already a word being preached just in the worship. I would love if our worship is so powerful and so touched by God because people have been so committed to be in their word and to be in worship outside of rehearsals even that people go, wow, I already got something from God just from being in the worship experience, not even hearing the word yet. I want our pastor to be like, dang, can you guys just sing that? I don't even want to preach today. That was a word. Or he might just end up preaching on the song that we just sang because God touched it so much because people were committed to growing spiritually in what they do because they were committed to being prompt, teachable, humble, available, flexible, not only to the things I'm asking you for, but to God himself of can I be prompt to be with him? Can I be taught by God? Can I be humble enough to listen to him? Can I be available and flexible to my God? Enough that this song is a sermon that is being sung for my soul. And with that, I I just want miracles to take place in the songs that we sing. And I don't want anything to hinder that because we've been late or because we have a lack of desire, because we've been lazy, because we're not prioritizing um, this area of ministry, because maybe I just don't connect with the song for whatever reason. Let none of those things, those lies of the enemy, deter us from ministering what we have been called um, to present and lead our congregation through. From Pastor Jonathan, one of the things that he has said is that the talent um, is here, that we have people who are talented and gifted. The question is, do you have the desire to do something great and to do whatever it takes? And so with that, it might mean, especially uh, for our relevant Riverside, it might mean rehearsing with vocalists in the hallway. It might mean rehearsing in a park. It might mean um, doing whatever it takes to grow spiritually, hopping on a Zoom call. 
It might mean staying up late to read your Bible a little bit more. It might mean doing some research into the song that you are singing. What are you willing to commit? What are you willing to do? Do you have the desire for this team and for this ministry to be great? And with that, next steps um, for me, as I know this is kind of long at this point, for relevant worship, we are looking to hire um, a director. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all four role descriptions for director, coordinator, team lead, and servant lead up in our channels. And I would like you to take a look through each of them and decide what works for you the time and season of your life. You might be called to be a director, but maybe it's not the time or season. You might be called to be a team lead, but um, because of your family schedule, it doesn't really allow for the hours and time that is needed for that position. Um, Or perhaps you've been serving as a servant lead and you're like, you know what? I want to grow into what it means to lead worship on a Sunday in fullness. Um, What I'd like you to do is take a look through the role descriptions. Let me know where you land. Um, And between uh, Matt and I, who is our interim worship coordinator, uh, we will advise you one way or another. And let's get you committed to one of these roles um, in the next two weeks, basically by Mother's Day. And so that is your task. That is your charge. Let me pray for you as you go. Lord, I thank you for whoever is listening to this right now and just even for their commitment to make it through this little mini training. I pray that you would just bless their life in the areas that they desire to see you move, God, in areas whether they've um, kind of given up on you I'm being very bold in saying that. I don't know why. I'm just feeling that in your spirit, Lord. But um, it's so easy to give up on you or to give up even on worship team or or areas of the church where we don't see where you're leading us now. But God, we believe that you are. Um, There are still desires in our heart. And so, Lord, would you answer the desires of, of every person listening to this? Would you give them clarity? Would you give them wisdom? Would you give them the not yets? Would you answer them, God? Lord, would you give them faith of of how the song says that even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And in this team, Lord, I, I pray that, you know, as a result of this training, we would see that you are working in that you're trying to grow us. You're trying to establish us for, um, for healthiness in our growth as a team. So Lord, for each person listening, I pray that um, you would give their heart the ability to be honest with you and to the team, just where their heart is, where their time is, where their capability and skill is, and where their desire to grow is. And I pray that you would not deter them from commitment, but that they would be honest with it and that they... um, would honor the commitment that they do make, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would encourage them and we pray for the health of this team, Lord, that we want to see greater things, that greater things are yet to come and greater things are still to be done. Lord, we love you, we bless you, we thank you. And we thank you that you are relevant and that this ministry is just going to bless our church in the next year, in the next several years, in the next legacy number of years, 
in such amazing ways. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. With this, like I said, if you would like more information um, on anything that was in this training, please email me at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, dot Johnson at Relevant316.com. Thank you so much, you guys. Have a great one. Bye. Yeah.